Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries-old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices, but we'll also unpack the why, so that we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are at eatlikeanitalian.com. And uh, today I want to talk about something. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of serious. Uh, it's been talked about before. I've talked about it on my blogs and, you know, a lot of people weighed in on this. So it's, I'm going to call it the Italian food rules because, um, you know, it's a really strange thing because Italy is a country with a million laws, but no rules, right? I mean, you hear that, that it's, uh, it's chaos. Uh, you know, people sort of make up their own rules as they go, but I got to say, when it comes to the dinner table, uh, there are rules and uh, they're maybe not written down uh, so specifically, but they're they're pretty they're pretty um, important. So let's go over some of these today and, and, and maybe some of you guys can weigh in on this. So um, on my blog, I, I listed 34 of them and, the, and I also explained the reason why there's 34. There's actually a, uh, there's some reason to that madness. There's not an arbitrary number, but you, you can you know, weigh in on that if you want. But, you know, we'll start with the obvious one. Everyone's heard this one. Uh, no cappuccino after 1030 in the morning or, you know, 11 or 10 or whatever the number is. But um, it, this warrants a little bit of explanation because, you know, the point is that cappuccino is only for breakfast. So we don't we don't have cappuccino with our lunch. Gosh, certainly we don't ever take it with food. We don't have it in the afternoon because, I mean, this is basically a big, you know, cup of milk hot milk and you know it's a meal kind of it and you shouldn't really think of it as a beverage so much i mean it's something that fills your stomach and this is this is breakfast for many italians they don't have you know bacon and eggs or cereal they just have a cappuccino and that's their breakfast because it has coffee it has milk sometimes there's a small cookie on the side with it but you know really i mean it's it's a full meal so that's why cap no cappuccino after 10 30 because it's it's really a breakfast meal basically and so you don't have you know, pancakes at three o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, because you wouldn't have cappuccino at the, at the same time. So, um, you know, the other, the other thing is, I mean, I'm going to go into number two here and I got this on my, on my website and you can look it up, but, uh, you know, to keep it simple. So any given dish, no matter if it's a snack, main course or dessert, should have only about three or four ingredients. I mean, and this number is not exact, but you want, the point is you want to make sure that they're all distinguishable, that they're individually distinguishable. You don't want everything chopped up and mixed together and covered in a sauce because Italians hate that. They want to know exactly what's in their dish. They want to see it. They want to taste every ingredient. And so when you mix everything together and you throw a sauce over it and roll it up in a, you know, burrito or tortilla or whatever, then that, that's just, that's just not, uh, that's not good because you're hiding something and then Italians want to see it all. So, um, I talked about no no Parmesan cheese with your seafood. You know, the Parmigiano-Reggiano is supposed to be, it has a specific role in Italian cuisine. You grate it over pasta, a couple other, you know, you know instances where you can use it, but it's not just like you throw it on everything. You certainly don't put it on fish or other seafood. I mean, there are 
some very rare, extremely regional seafood dishes that have cheese in them. But in general, you would never put, you know, Parmesan cheese or a strong cheese. You wouldn't grate it over seafood or anything else where you want to actually taste the ingredients. So Parmesan is supposed to enhance the, the, the flavor of a simple pasta that doesn't have a lot of ingredients or flavor going for itself. So you want to bring it out with a little bit of cheese, but um, you don't want to put it on fish or something really, you know, delicate and subtle that you, you, you're trying to enjoy in a, instead of just chasing the cheese on top. Um, <clears throat> as far as beverages, there's a couple of things to talk about here. You know, only water or wine with your meal. So, you know, for adults, these are the only two beverages that are civilized options to accompany lunch or dinner. I mean, you know, uh, Coke, no, or, you know, I, I don't know what else you would possibly drink. Certainly not, like I said before, a cappuccino or a coffee drink, uh, you know, water really, or, or fizzy water. You know, water comes in Italy, they'll ask if they want uh, uh, liscia frizzante. So do you want it still or fizzy? So either one of those is fine. Or if you want a glass of wine, you can have a glass of wine at any meal, really. I mean, maybe not for breakfast, but you can have it for lunch or dinner. Um, you're not going to have five glasses of wine. You can have one for lunch probably, maybe two at dinner, but I mean, you're not gonna drink a lot, but that's that's what goes with the meal. So, uh, you know, if you're like 12 years old, maybe you can get a Coke, I mean, but even then, I think a lot of Italian kids would rather just have water, or, you know, have a sip of their parents' wine. So uh, that's it. So it's really important. Oh, and you know, going on with the beverage thing, uh, you know, if you do get a beverage, even if it's a Coke or, or, or a glass of water, fizzy water, whatever, Italians aren't gonna put ice in it by by default i mean they're gonna you know if they know you're a tourist they may offer you a little ice and they're gonna put like one or two cubes in there but uh in general they're not gonna drink it with ice because the ice sort of you know it covers up the flavor of the drink um even if it's just water you know you want to taste the, the the nice clean delicious water you don't want to you know have a, a, a frostbitten ice cube in there or you know you don't want to have a an ice cube melting in distilling, you know, uh, diluting the, the flavor of the drink that was you're supposed to be tasting, even if it's a Coca-Cola or something. Uh, but also, I think more importantly than that is, that, you know, the, the ice tends to freeze your, your tongue, freeze your stomach, and it, you know, you can't taste things as well when your your tongue is frozen or you can't digest things as well when, you're, when your stomach's frozen. So that's probably the main motivation for not putting ice in drinks. You know, tourists show up in, in Rome or, or Florence and they say, well, you know, I'm going to order a Coke and I want to, you know, ice and you know, the waiter comes back with two cubes of ice and they think they're being chintzy, but it's not anything to do with that. They think they're doing it properly by not, you know, oversaturating you with, you know, frozen things that are going to impede your digestion. So, um, so that's that. Um, what else? I mean, you know, the, the, again, I, I encourage you to read the, the blog article, eatlikeanitalian.com uh, food rules. So, um, other things are going to be like, you know, no chicken on your pizza or pasta. I mean, this just doesn't happen in Italy. You don't see meat generally thrown into a, you know, certainly not, you know, pizza unless it's like a, a salami or something and, and never on pasta. You don't see chicken pasta. Chicken pasta, I mean, I've never seen that on a menu in Italy unless it's in an extremely tourist place where, you know, and no Italian would ever order it. So, you know, don't, especially in Tuscany, they come up with these Tuscan chicken dishes or chicken Florentine, you know, um, in Tuscany, they would never eat that. Uh, I mean, that, that's just not done. At least the Italians don't do it. Again, if you see it on the menu, it's just because they know you're a tourist and and they're and they're giving it 
you know what you think you want you know from the olive garden menu but um you know that that's that uh pasta must be al dente which means it's going to be a little um a little firm to the tooth uh, if, if it's too mushy uh, that's that's like probably the worst sin of italian food is mushy pasta you shouldn't be able to twist your pot your spaghetti neatly around your fork because that means it's overcooked so what italians generally do is they'll undercook the pasta like for, by a minute or two and then they'll throw the pasta in the in the pan with the with the sauce to finish it for the last one minute or so uh, so that you know always a little undercooked is is better than being overcooked that's for sure um, so don't ever uh, serve spaghetti and meatballs together in the same bowl that's that's not done i mean there is meatballs and there's spaghetti and you can be you can serve them next to each other or probably it's not very common even that but that would be acceptable but spaghetti and meatballs all mixed together in the same bowl is just you'd never ever see that in italy so uh, we can go over some more things here, but I would encourage you to read the blog post. Uh, I just want to just start the conversation. So, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you know, don't make any strange requests. It, you know, this is probably in any country, but I think in Italy in particular, you know, eat, you know, you're encouraged to eat what's on the menu, have the special a day, trust the chef, ask the waiter, you know, what do you recommend? And then just go with it. Uh, if you're going to start making a lot of strange requests, then you know why are you at the restaurant you know stay home and make what you want but um you know these these places have a reason for this and it's not like in the u.s where you know their their, their reason is some sort of marketing formula the reason that they're pairing this pasta with this sauce with this side dish with this wine is because that's what has evolved over generations in that region and so regional cuisine with the regional wine and you know you just trust the chef and go with it if you if you've got obviously if you've got food allergies and you're gonna you're gonna you know have an anaphylaxis if you eat, if you eat some nuts or something then you, you got to tell the chef about that but don't don't just be picky for the sake of you know indulging your imaginary needs you know but anyway um so you know, the other thing is the, the Parmigiano cheese. So Parmigiano Reggiano is a very specific cheese from the Parma region of Italy in the Emilia Romagna. And it's not a white powder that's in a glass shaker that sits on the table next to the garlic salt and the red pepper. So if you see this kind of crap in some sort of Italian American restaurant, you should just absolutely avoid it. I mean, just don't look at it, don't touch it uh and stay away from it if, if that's all they have then you don't want anything if the if the restaurant can bring you some freshly grated parmigiano reggiano then please ask for that but don't don't pick up that crap on the on the table that's in a you know glass shaker with who knows what it, how long it's been there whatever and also you know as far as dressings italian dressing italian dressing creamy italian i've seen this italian vinegar i mean these things are just completely made up marketing schemes from you know from u.s marketing people that's that's what they are so there is no italian dressing italians put you know salt and olive oil on their uh salad that's about it sometimes they'll put a little squeeze of lemon sometimes people will put a little bit of uh balsamic vinegar maybe but even that i mean i think that you know 90 percent of the time you'll see just salt and olive oil uh, and, and the salad, by the way, is is mostly just lettuce. You could have an insalata mista with insalata mista with the two or three ingredients, you know. But it it's not going to be this bowl of you know garden vegetables and avocado and nuts and seeds and 
sprouts and all that. It's just, you know, taste the ingredients. That's what it's all about. So that's it. I mean, you know, again, I, I sound a little uh, indignant, I guess, but I, I do get a little frustrated sometimes when I see what passes for Italian food in other countries that just doesn't really have any semblance of a relationship with what's actually served in Italian homes and restaurants in Italy. So so that's it. Uh, if, if you're in Italy, you know, try to follow these rules. If you're not in Italy and you're and you're just at your at your home, you know, kitchen dinner table, you know, it's not a bad idea still because this is a really healthy way of eating. It's clean. It's simple. It focuses on fresh, organic, seasonal ingredients that are hopefully locally sourced. I mean, it's harder in the U.S. than it is in Italy, but, you know, you want to make that effort to try to find, you know, local seasonal ingredients and, um, you know, don't don't trick them up too much. Just keep, keep them simple, cook them simple, and that's the healthy, enjoy, uh, you know, enjoying way to eat Italian food and I think any kind of food, really. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Eat Like an Italian. Oops, let's rewind that a second. One more thing. Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear some feedback on this. So I'm going to put a link on my on my website at eatlikeitalian.com, the 34 food rules, Italian food rules. Um, so I'd like to hear some feedback and, and get some other ideas of other rules that you've encountered or you've been, that people have made you aware of while traveling or living in Italy. Um, and so please leave me a message and I'll put it on the podcast. Thanks. Well, that's it for today's episode. Come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet. And find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao.